Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Inclusion Podcast. I'm Dr. Julie Costin, and today I'm talking about the IEP and inclusion. And this episode is very near and dear to my heart as of late because I continue to hear in the schools that I'm in that people say things like, I would include this student, it's just that the IEP says I can't. And I just want to unpack that concept, that idea, and then I want to give listeners a lot of ideas and strategies to create an inclusive IEP. So as you well know, my listeners are uh, many times parents, many times educators, and many times they are administrators, all trying to create inclusive schooling for students. And my goal today is that the listeners get really comfortable with understanding the role of the IEP and how it can be used as a tool to document inclusive practices. My goal today is to make this as simple as possible for the listener. So I'm just going to start out with some background. The purpose of special education is access to general education. So the concept of special education is giving every student access to general education content curriculum and peers. In order to do that, there's a legal framework that we must operate in called IDEA. Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. That's our federal guidelines related to special education. Within our federal guidelines, there's something called FAPE, Free Appropriate Public Education, which guarantees every child an IEP, an Individualized Education Plan. And every kid's IEP, their services must be delivered in the least restrictive environment. Least restrictive environment, as most of you know, is a legal preference for inclusion. The concept being that students with and without disabilities are educated together. So that was a whole lot of acronyms, and I'm just going to review it in case you're taking notes, make sure that you're clear. Special education equals access to general education. The governing body is called the IDEA, Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. Under IDEA, FAPE free appropriate public education. And that's where we find the IEP or the written document that documents the individuality of each student's plan. Every student's plan must take place in the least restrictive environment, meaning their education happens in the least restrictive environment. And that is where we find the concept or the idea of inclusion. Okay, that's how all of this is connected, right? So if the goal of special ed is access to general education, There are some pieces in the IEP that we need to really talk about. And the first part that I want to talk about is called the present level of educational performance. And in the present level of educational performance, you will find that is a place where people document the strengths, the gifts, the abilities of students, and then also the skills needed or skills lacking in order to access general education content and curriculum. That all goes in the present level of educational performance, is what skills are needed. So I'm going to use an example of a student who might um, struggle to read on level. So the skills needed are that the student needs to increase reading ability to get closer to that grade level performance, right? So that's the skill that's needed. So we start with the present level of educational performance, and we, and we write down all the skills that are necessary. Then those skills that are needed turn into goals. 
The goals that are written drive the services and the services we document where and when, the frequency, duration, and location of services. That comes at the end, the very end. And so going back to the top of this particular podcast, when I said that people are saying, you know, I would include this student, it's just the IEP says that I can't, people are thinking about the IEP in a way that doesn't make sense. So the IEP is simply a documentation of the skills students need, the goals that that we're writing, and then the services that they need to reach those goals. The goals always being about accessing general education. Okay, I hope I haven't lost anyone yet, but I just wanna put one more concept in the mix and stir it up so that we can have a better understanding of how these all go together. Now, this is a court case called Ronker versus Walter. And in Ronker versus Walter, there was something called the portability test. So Ronker versus Walter was a 1983 uh, Sixth Circuit court that found that if services are portable, they should be brought to the student instead of moving the student to the services, which causes us to really take a look at where the services are occurring. So first of all, we've got this legal preference for inclusive education in LRE, Least Restrictive Environment, and now we have a court case that says if a service is portable, it should be brought to the child instead of the child to the service. So this begs us to ask the question, what services aren't portable, right? So when you think about instruction, that's a portable service. When you think about speech-language therapy, that is a portable service. When you think about occupational therapy, that is a portable service. The only kinds of service that I can think of that would be considered not portable would be something where the equipment was so large that it literally wasn't portable. So I think of a vestibular swing or something like that. And the other thing would be something um, medical-related, maybe G-tube feeding, although lots of kids do that now inclusively. Obviously, bathrooming, those things are not portable. But other than that, most services are considered portable and should be brought to the student. So when you return to the IEP and you think about, well, how do we write this IEP? The place where you have location of services um, and you've got the the frequency and duration of services is the place in the IEP where inclusive education is documented, location of services. So in that section, you want to be specific and write things like general education classroom. So back to our initial skill deficit that we were talking about, a student who is struggling to read could work on the concept of learning to read in an inclusive classroom. Now, we have to get really creative about what that looks like, particularly when other students aren't working on reading at the very same time or or figuring out how to read, but we can do it in many different ways. We can do it during center-based work where all students are at centers. We can do it during individual work. We can pre or post teach it. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but that is where in the IEP you document inclusive education. I'm hopeful that this has cleared up some of the questions around how does the IEP inclusion go together and sort of I really wanted to get to the point where people stop using the IEP as a reason to say we can't include because that's the place where you actually document inclusive education. So thanks so much for listening to this very meaty podcast about uh, the IEP. I hope it helped clear things up. 
My goal for everyone listening related to the IEP process is that we can redesign a process where students' strengths, gifts, and abilities are at the forefront of the work, and we're simply documenting the ways in which students are receiving access to general education. I am sending you love as I sign off and excited about the new creative ways you are working to document inclusion. Please send me a comment or a thought for the show if you want at inclusiveschooling.com. You can find my email address there and I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear any new ideas you're having, especially if you and your school system is doing a great job of redesigning the IEP process to be even more inclusive. So thanks everyone. Have a great day and I'll catch you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.